Freedom. 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 Rebound Podcast, episode 61. Uh, Wow, we're in it, guys. One more game tonight. The Brooklyn Nets have a chance to tie up the series with a favored one that all the experts picked, the Atlanta Hawks. But before we get into that and preview the game and recap, I wanted to introduce uh, one of the known colleagues of the Brooklyn Rebound, as of today. Um, Tyson, welcome to the show. You know, thanks for having me, man. This is It's a pleasure to be on the show. Cool, man. Uh, so you, you have a little uh, background with the b-balling, right? Correct? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I've played in New Jersey. I grew up playing high school basketball. And, yeah, I'm living in New York City now. I'm part of the New York City streetball scene, which oh, is awesome. Nice. Yeah, and a few years ago, I was playing professionally over in Europe and South America. So, wow. yeah, I know what it's like to be a pro athlete. Cool, cool. So you're going to give some insight that only I could dream of, basically. Exactly. Okay, cool. Awesome. So I'll just live vicariously through everything you say. Uh, awesome. <laughs> but thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're actually just going to talk about what happened over the weekend. Obviously, a lot of things happened with teams being gone fishing, uh, teams being injured or players being injured and also preview the rest of the games tonight on a side note drew uh our normal co-host decided to mail it in today uh you haven't met him tyson but he's a funny yet uh lazy type of dude so i'm taking a shot at him now because i probably won't be able to say it in front of his face later so uh drew hope you're feeling better but we'll uh, run this one without you so tyson uh i don't know how much of the nba playoffs you've been been watching but what what would you describe as been the highlights of the NBA playoffs and anything uh, you can think of right now since since it started in round one a week ago? Yeah, one of the biggest things that I would say, there's a lot of new blood coming in. And even though like San Antonio Spurs, they got their crew, a lot of these young guys, they're really starting to make a name for themselves. And I was watching the game, uh, the Pelicans versus the Warriors the other night, with Steph Curry just bringing his team back. He's cooking up the shots, right? Yeah. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I... They were down 10 points with like five minutes left. I thought the game was over, but somehow in the back of my mind, I knew Steph Curry was going to do something. Yeah. So I, I stayed and watched. And oh, then when they're down by 20-something points? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I watched that. that yeah, great. and then it came back, and they won in overtime, which was unbelievable. <sighs> yeah, that shot he made at the end to, t- to launch into overtime, off the, sec- it was off the first miss... Then Murray Space got the rebound, handed it to him, and Anthony Davis and someone else was closing out on him. And he got hit, and he splashed it. It was, I don't know. Like, those are those are moments that you just, like, look at and you're like, this is why I love basketball so much. Like, it doesn't matter if it's your team, but you see a play like that, you're like, jaw drop. You just jaw drop completely, you know? And part of it is just heart because I kind of sense that the Pelicans, you know, they were – they're even a younger team with yeah. Anthony Davis being their he's star at the this next point. Tim Duncan, basically. Yeah, but he, he's just out of college, mm-hmm. and on one of the last plays, everybody was expecting him to get the ball and go to work, and he tried against Bogut, but he just okay, held his ground. Man. Yeah, he held his ground, and Anthony Davis, he's, he's a younger guy, you know, and these are the heartbreaks that he's got to experience to be like a great player. Yeah, lose before you uh, succeed, really. Yeah. yeah, you know, Jordan lost for like eight years before he finally made the playoffs and won mm-hmm. the first championship. Against the Celtics and the Pistons, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I think, uh, actually, moving on to, to, to that, let's we'll just get right into that. So that means the Pelicans did get knocked out this weekend. 
uh, as of yesterday or Saturday, I forgot exactly. Um, but that means the Warriors will be moving on and playing the winner of the, I believe, the Memphis and Portland series, if, that, if I don't stand correct there. And I'm just going to double-check it just so I don't look like or sound like an idiot. Um, and, yeah, I mean, with them playing and having that rest, Memphis is up 3-0 against Portland, which they're playing tonight. Uh, we'll preview that later. Uh, what do you think of the Warriors as a team right now? Like, do you think anyone could beat them in the NBA? As long as they shoot as well as they've been shooting, I think it's it's nearly impossible. You know, maybe Clay Thompson and Curry, they'll have off nights, but if, if they're all hitting like at least 50% of their threes, 50% of their shots, all their free throws, mm-hmm. I think it's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. They spread the floor immensely well. Uh, they run the break. And defensively, I mean, Draymond Green got nominated for runner-up for play, player of the defensive player of the year. Draymond Green wasn't even a rotation player last year. And now he he's a, a big guy that can shoot the three and defend almost anyone because of his lateral quickness. So, yeah, they're a tough matchup, I would say. Um, if the Memphis Grizzlies go on, uh, just a quick uh, soundbite, what do you think the chances of that series doing, Grizzlies versus the Warriors? Grizzlies versus Warriors. I, I, I'd start to go with the Warriors because that's just like a solid group of guys. That you can tell that they know how to play well together, mm-hmm. and they're exciting too. You know, they're like what they did against the Pelicans. They they have heart. I feel like they can just come back against any team. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're definitely gritty. Uh, all right, so recapping uh, yesterday's games with what happened overall, I think a lot of it had to do with. Um, some teams just narrowly making it, they're, they're, they're against the back, you know, against the ball with their backs there, and trying to make sure that they stay alive. One of those teams yesterday, I believe, was uh, the Mavericks. They were down 0-3, uh, and they lost game three only by two points, but they were leading for the majority of the game. So the Rockets themselves looked pretty good. I think that series is pretty much over. We, I've talked about it on this podcast um, Drew has picked the Rockets. I picked the Mavericks. I don't think they're going to come back down 0-3. No team has done that in the NBA. Um, and then also Washington cleaned up in Toronto pretty easily. Uh, I guess Paul Pierce officially owns Toronto. He's beat Toronto last year as a Brooklyn Nat and Game 7, Swatham and Cal Lowry shot. And in this game, he just put on a clinic. He had a good scoring game. The Clippers even up the series 2-2 uh, with the Spurs. What do you, you mentioned the Spurs earlier. Uh, any take on this series, Clippers versus Spurs? <clears throat> yeah, this is the new versus old type mentality, and this is amazing. Like, I, I don't even know who I want to win because I want to keep watching the Clippers in the next round. Like, wa- watching them play the Warriors would be, like, heaven. Yeah. However, I do love Ginobili, and I love that whole style of play there. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's just going to be – what team plays better? What team gets the extra rebounds right. and gets the, the extra 50-50 ball? plays, yeah. Yeah, and who, who makes their free throws? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot in, of, of, like, insight here. Like, Doc Rivers and Popovich. Doc Rivers used to play for San Antonio. I mean, there's – it's just so much storyline. I, I, it's so unfortunate. We talked about this on my on previous episodes of the podcast. It's so unfortunate this is a first-round matchup. I mean, this is honestly oh, – yeah, should be definitely. should be a conference finals or whatever. And then – and NBA should really, really look at whether they want this to happen in the future. They, people have mentioned because the East was so bad, um, you know, three of the teams 
mathematically should have been there if you just take the top 16 teams, right? So if you do that, that's getting for the best uh, basketball for a viewership and for, I mean, just for determining who the best champion is. I mean, you got to regulate playoff systems when it needs to be regulated. Do you have any thought on, on that overall? Do you think it's, it's fair that these teams are playing each other when obviously they're more qualified than just playing three versus six right now? I think the NBA wouldn't do that just because they've always had it this way. Yeah. Even though like Adam Silver, he's a new commissioner. We call him Skeletor on the podcast. Skeletor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, however, I feel like it is something that needs to be changed up. It's It's been this way for probably since the beginning of the NBA. Yeah. And, you know, like just looking at it, revamping it, actually saying, hey, maybe the number one team in the Eastern Conference should play the last team in the Western Conference or – Maybe five yeah. should, should play four Eastern to Western Conference. And I think it would make things a lot more interesting, too, because you don't really know these teams as much. It'll be newer to the players and to the fans. And, you know, it might give the teams more exposure across America, too, you know, because instead of the Celtics playing the Nets yeah. or something, which is, you know, like 10 miles away, right, right, right. Celtics are going to play, like, whoever, um, the Warriors. And, right. Like, completely across the country. and. You know, that'll get them realizing, hey, you know, there's teams on the West Coast, too. Well, yeah, and that exposure to the NBA, but also, like, with traveling in the playoffs, they make sure that there's no back-to-backs ever. Like, you know from traveling, from, you know, playing professionally, how much travel can really stress, put a stress on your body, I assume. Um, But, like, now that that component's been taken away, people are getting three or two days rest in between games. Like you said, if the Warriors should play the Celtics, and... And that would be great because you would have an exposure of the whole nation seeing two different teams that never really played each other and not make an assumption, oh, this team won 4-0. No, they only played each other twice. And one of the times could have, Steph Curry could have been out. You know, who knows, you know? Um, does travel have a big effect, though, on, on these players overall now in the playoffs, you think? Unless they're flying East Coast to West Coast like every other day, I don't think... I don't think it'll have a big impact. Plus, these guys are NBA athletes. You know, their bodies are in the best shape of almost anybody in in the entire world. And also, you know, from my experiences playing, like, college basketball and professionally, the trainers they have and Mm. the support, the physical therapist that they have over there is the best in the entire world. So, you know, these, these guys, they know when to feed them, when to give them drinks, you know, like, all the top notch post game and pre game workouts that, you know, maybe the jet lag will ruin them a little bit. Yeah. But if it's an early game, maybe on the weekend or something like that. Yeah, right? like on those yeah. flights they're getting treatment, you know, and yeah. after those flights they're getting treatment. So And then after the game they're getting treatment in the club. Yeah. You know, like right. like <laughs> one of yeah, one story like Dikembe Mutombo yeah. where somebody after one of the games he had like ice all over his entire body. Mm-hmm. It's like ice packs, arms, legs, like neck, back, everything and you know, that's... Did he also have a whole bunch of cookies? Like, cookie, cookie, <laughs> cookie. I mean, I would think so. That's yeah. what Matumbo does, But, right? you know, it's just the best treatment in the right. entire world, right. basically. So, I mean, I don't think it would ruin performance that much. Right, right. Yeah, it'd be a lot more exciting to see different types of players for different one, teams. One angle I heard, either on a podcast or read, I forgot, um, someone suggested that the team that won their conference or won the NBA season should be able to choose whoever they want. And wow. that would be so exciting because think about it, like, like it's almost like a WWE thing, really. It's like, oh, I want to play this team. It's like, oh, they want to play us? Uh, we'll hit, like, if the Warriors came out and just said, we want to play the Celtics. 
And because they won the right, they have the best record. Like, that would be so awesome because the storyline's already created. Even though the teams are terrible, or maybe the people that win their division get to choose who they get to play. You know, like, from, yeah, the, from, from like, 3 through 16 or something like that. Or, no, 6 through 16, yeah. I think it's, it's a good idea, but I think there'd be a lot of back office uh, dealing going on. Like, people trying to maybe play the worst team so then they could play the best team and... If they got to choose, it'd be a lot of shady stuff going on. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know what would happen. There'd, there'd probably be a lot of bribes or something. But, I mean, I think having it, I think incorporating the West Coast. Like 1 through 16 you're talking about. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Incorporating the Western Conference, the Eastern Conference, all in the same one. Right, and right, then, right, right. Yeah, going from there. I think it'd just make it a lot more exciting. Yeah, and uh, Tyson, you, you touched on a good point there in terms of just them having, you know, the compatibilities of playing together without travel being the issue. So with that not being the issue, I think the biggest thing is concern, like you said, is back dealings and such like that. But NBA is the only sport that doesn't uh, change the, the playoff scenario based on the best team versus the worst team. I mean, it, it's the only sport that does that. In, in football, if you have a wild card round, it depends on who wins what to match up with, like, the, the bye team, either the number one bye team versus the second bye team. Same thing with baseball. You know, it's the same thing that way. Uh, I think hockey is probably similar that way, but whatever. It's not a hockey podcast. Um, so if it does change, it should change at least minimal. Do you agree with the best team playing the worst team per round? Like, that should just... Ultimate it doesn't matter. Like whatever way they figure it out, that should be the ultimate goal. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think the best teams have the right to play the worst teams. Right now, if they if they were the best team during the season, yeah, they should have to play one of the hardest teams in the playoffs to start right. at all. So. Just because one team's winning their division, now they have to play the Spurs or something like that, like it, the defending yeah. champions. And the Spurs two days ago were number two, then they slide down to six because of. Uh, uh, division rule that's so archaic, and uh, the Blazers have to be a four seed, even though they don't get to host. They didn't get to host their series because the Grizzlies have a better record. So yeah, I don't agree with all these detailed rules. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I'm moving on into uh, recapping the rest of the games. Yesterday was a bit of a boxing match for in Boston. Uh, I don't know, boxing, UFC, something like that. Uh, Cavs. Cleaned up and sweep the Celtics, uh, something LeBron has never done. Uh, last time he was in Boston, uh, he threw off his jersey and went to Miami, right? So this is something that was really important to him and, and the Cavs nation, and they took care of business. But did it cost them a lot? And it looks like Kevin Love, who's out with a separated shoulder due to a Bush League play by Kelly Olenek, as reported by Kevin Love only, and... Um, and then also Kendrick Perkins got booed by his Boston faithful by shoving the crap out of Jay Crower, and then J.R. Smith punched him as well after. So, I mean, for, for good measure, the Celtics basically lay down and stay down um, as much. And, and they battled. They battled back. I mean, they, they kept a lot of these games close. Uh, hats off to them. I mean, more hats off to Brad Stevens, great coach. Uh, that team's definitely going to go somewhere. I hate the fact that they own all of the Nets. Uh, picks the next couple of years, but I mean, what it is what it is. So, what do you think? Kevin Love injured two weeks out. First and foremost, was it dirty or was it not? <clears throat> That's actually a great question. Playing overseas in Europe, Argentina, Chile, even like playing playing college ball, Division One college ball, mm-hmm. 
you know, there's a lot of plays that are kind of dirty, but not really dirty. Right. And yeah, after watching the video clip of this a few times, I think, like, Olenek, I don't think he intended to separate his shoulder, of but... Yeah, I don't it, think anyone intended to It was that, definitely yeah. a, a little harsh. You know, I've played, you know, overseas, and from my experience, Olenek, he's an overseas player, right? right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was uh, Gonzaga, and then he... I don't know if he played overseas after or before, but he had some okay. exposure, yeah. Yeah, so I mean... Over there, the style of play is just a little bit different. You know, there's there's a little more grabbing and holding, and you know, it's like it's kind of dirty, but it's not too dirty. And it's a lot more flopping too. Yeah, it's flopping, and you know, looking at this, I feel like it was just a little dirty. And I completely see where Kevin Love is coming from, saying, you know, feeling like he couldn't even get the ball. You know, the ball was away from him. Right. And Why now arm bar someone. Yeah. And now Linick, he grabs his arm and holds him. And obviously he wasn't trying to dislocate his shoulder, but when you do something dirty like that, you don't know what will happen. You know, right. maybe you'll, like, dislocate something or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it was retaliation for his other teammates or whatever, but right. it was... Right. Yeah, I, I felt it was a little dirty, and I kind of agree with Kevin Love, where it was kind of bushly, where you don't have to take it to that extent when it wasn't a... It, was not, it wasn't like a rebound. You know, if you're going for an offensive right. rebound, a big play, right. you know, it gets dirty down there, period. Right. If you're playing defense, it gets dirty. But if you're going for a ball that's not even near you, I, I would, I'd be angry too if I was Kevin. Yeah, I, I think he was definitely speaking out of frustration. But he, I, I don't know, Bush League, it was a Bush League play, intentional or not. I mean, only Kelly O'Neill, which he hasn't said anything, or I don't think he's going to because there's what's there to say. He's already out of the series. Uh Apologizes to Kevin Love is not going to do anything, um, but when it comes down to it, it, I would only say for any Celtics fan or anyone that doesn't say, doesn't agree that it wasn't a dirty play, look at a couple years ago when the Heat were playing the Celtics when Rajon Rondo separated his shoulder against Wayne Wade, same kind of way, not same instance, but uh, they got tied up. Wade held on too long, and Rondo's shoulder popped out, and he was he was he came back in the game with adrenaline and. But the next game, he couldn't be mobile or anything because he's a point guard that needs to use his shoulder to pass, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, anything above the shoulder um, in the NBA, foul-wise, they have to review. They always have to review, whether it's a, a block or whatever. And if it looks like something got hurt, that's why – because it's so delicate, you know? You, the spine, the neck, everything's connected to that. So, Yeah, yeah I mean, this, you know, looking from Kevin Lowe's perspective, it's one of the most annoying – Things that can happen to you in a basketball career where you work your butt off all season for this, right. you're in the playoffs, you're going into the second round, and now you can't play for two weeks because you dislocated a shoulder on a weird little play that didn't mean anything. The like, ball wasn't even there yet. It is the most annoying thing ever. Yeah. Like Any injury is annoying, but even something that could have been prevented like this, right. like if you sprain your ankle, like if you come down on it, that's your fault. You know, You just get mad at yourself and... An injury that happens in the middle of the game, but yeah. you know it, something like this where somebody's next to you and they kind of pull you out, but not intentionally. Oh, it's yeah, it's definitely annoying from my experiences with it. Well, hopefully uh, he gets uh, healthier sooner than two weeks. But if it is by two weeks, that would mean uh, the start of the conference final or Game Seven would be the soonest uh, that he could play, depending on how the Bucks and Bulls match up tonight. If the Bucks lose, then the Bulls will be playing. Uh, the Cavs as soon as, what's today, Monday? Wednesday, right? So where the Bulls will travel to Cleveland. Now, does this, uh, in addition to this, obviously we saw J.R. Smith uh, sucker punch the crap out of J. Crowder. I mean, no one's 
no one's not normal to uh, uh, not aware of J.R. Smith's antics. Everyone knows who J.R. Smith is. I mean, he's that streaky shooter. When he's hot, he's freaking hot as hell. When he's not, he's not. And then he's always pulling antics, like pulling people's shoes untied or sucker punching them, whatever. He's like a mini KG without the yelling, you know? <laughs> so um, what do you think their chances are now? I mean, J.R. Smith could be suspended if they play the Bulls as of Wednesday or maybe as soon as Friday. Who knows? Um, is it, are the Cavs going to survive this, or do you think it's the Bulls for the taking right now? Honestly, I don't even know. I just know that J.R. Smith, he, he's streaky. You know, like he, he makes shots some games, he misses shots other games. You know, who knows what he's going to do in the second round, you know, when he comes back. So, I mean, he's kind of a factor here too. Like, seeing, hey, is he going to be on his game into the next round? It might be multiple games he's spent for because last year, I mean, two years ago, he, uh, he elbowed J- Jason Terry on the Celtics. Uh, which was, it was an elbow, but also, like, that move where you just pull your hands up with the ball. I saw people flop, like, three times yesterday. I forgot what team, but, like, a couple floppings done by, uh, I think, the Wizards or the Raptors. I think it was the Raptors, Amir Johnson and Kyle Lowry. And the elbow didn't even touch the person. But you, really? could, see, you could see how the elbow's coming up to the face and the ball's being raised up. And then you watch the slow motion, you literally see no connection physically and people flop that all the time. It's the easiest. I think it's the most floppable move, if, if there is one. Uh, if, I don't even know if floppable is a word. But. Yeah, I mean, Vladi Divac started the whole flop like back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And now, for some reason, it's just taken it to a whole new level, this whole flopping thing. And mm-hmm. I'm glad the NBA is fighting for it, though, because otherwise it's just about getting the ref to call the foul and then you get two free throws. But, you know, if you look back right. going into the 80s, like the Bulls, like think about the Bulls Knicks series in the eighties or even like early nineties. Like, yeah. like they were hard, you know, tough. Like a flagrant foul then was like mm-hmm. was like a rather personal foul. Yeah, yeah. You know, like rarely would yeah. refs call a flagrant foul, but today right. it's kind of like these little personal fouls that, like, for some reason, it's kind of transitioning into you know more fouls and right, right, less. Yeah, more flagrants, which I don't, I don't really understand why. Yeah, I mean, even after this, after that foul with Kendrick Perkins, he did it, laid out Jake Crower off a pick, kind of just shoved him and then slapped him in the face a little bit after. Um, the t- game was tightened uh, a lot, but at the same time, like, the players knew not to, like, do anything stupid, you know, and start swinging and doing more stuff. But J.R. Smith didn't get that memo, apparently, and he, yeah. he decided to pop Jake Howard in the face for, for Kendrick Perkins yeah. or whatever reason. Wait, so I have a question for you, though. So yeah. what do you think of the whole, like, hacka DeAndre Jordan type? Oh, the hack of shack yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The yeah. original hack shack right? Yeah. hack Jordan, um, well, it's not Michael. It's, I, I think it's – I think it's – Perfectly respectable. I mean, it's uh, they curtailed it to under two minutes right. of each game. Um, maybe they should ex- expand it to like maybe under five minutes or under these two minutes of each quarter. I don't know if that makes sense at yeah. all, but like yeah. so because cl- the closing two minutes of each quarter is when teams figure out whether they can get multiple possessions, two for one, five for you know five for uh, three, whatever it is, really, whatever scenario. And then if you're just hacking someone and putting them on the line because you have fouls to give yeah. or you just have a player that's disposable in doing that, it takes away, obviously, from the whole game. And I, I, don't, I don't like it, but I, I respect coaches that use it when they use it, as long as they don't abuse the crap over it. You know, that's all. So Yeah, it's, you know, it's, uh, I think that's a gray area, too, because 
like Popovich, who he ran at his players, said foul, foul, foul. You know, it's like how much, how often do you do it, and for how long? So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that uh, ends up with uh, you know more suspensions, or if there's anything going to happen towards the end of you know the playoffs, or even tonight. So tonight's games, obviously, we didn't even go into it, but there's three games tonight. Uh, the major game, obviously, see, is the Brooklyn Nets playing. Uh, in Brooklyn against Atlanta Hawks, down 1-2 in the series. Each game has been pretty close. No double-digit uh, crazy victories here. Uh, Brooklyn came out on Saturday and did their thing. Uh, Jared Jack had a great game. Uh, Bojanovic started making threes. The Nets really need to win there. I'll be there tonight, live at the at Barclays. Maybe I'll do some live potting. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll, I'll be too tired or I had too many adult beverages. I don't know. So um, do you have any any take, any words to say uh, for an underdog team or, or tip for an underdog team that is uh, really under the gun on trying to make this happen and beating an Atlanta Hawks team that was established in their regular season? So I, I would just love to see it happen. I would love it. Knicks are nowhere near a playoff team right now. So, yeah. like, liking these New York teams, like, this is this is New York City's only shot to get... You know, New York, has not, yeah, New York yeah. has not had a lot of professional winnings in a yeah. while, right? <laughs> I mean, the only yeah. teams they got right now are Rangers, Islanders, and hockey, and then and the Nets are on the playoffs. Every, all the other teams this past year have not made the playoffs or been really, really bad, you know? So... Um, yeah, hopefully Nets take care of business. I'll, I'll recap that tomorrow. The other game after that is Bucks bulls we talked about briefly. The one game I really want to look to tonight, even though it's a late game, it's 10-30, Grizzlies-Blazers. The reason why this is so interesting, I, not because I think Portland can come back, because LaMarcus Aldridge himself did not fly back with the team uh, or take a plane back with the team uh, in uh, whatever capacity, and it's looking like he's literally written off his team in Portland and probably going to go on to another team. How important is team chemistry when your major key superstar is literally body language and doing actions that, and I'm not incriminating him, I I don't know what the scene is behind there, but if L.A. is not there for his team and literally doing stuff like this, LaMarcus Aldridge, how does a team even bounce back like that and, and play the Grizzlies, who are one of the top teams in the league? Yeah, so locker room culture is huge, especially, you know, at this such a high level, like the NBA. Like the other game, Rondo, you know, he was, for some reason, they were talking about him being out of it, and now he's not going to play. He got benched for the playoffs. Yeah, for yeah. the rest of the playoffs. So yeah. like Rick Carlisle, maybe they have a B for whatever, but, yeah. you know, these little things like that, it just – it just destroys the cohesion of a team, yeah. especially if it's the best player yeah. on the team. If because that's the leader, you know, that's the top of the pinnacle. If if you're if you're at a business and you're CEO, you know, you can tell that, that they don't even really care. They're going through the motions, right? Like they're, they're looking for other jobs, kicking, kicking dirt. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like yeah. how are you gonna follow that? You know, how are you going to believe in that Be vision in that CEO in this company mm-hmm. when they don't even care about it? So yeah, you know, like. For them, the best thing to do is just you know get them out. You know, get them out. At that point, some like somebody else will yeah, will come in. Like, there's gonna be another best player on the team. And then Lillard's still there. So uh, yeah, I mean that is unfortunate. I touched on this lot last podcast, and I said you keep Lamarcus Aldridge, but if you can't, you have to obviously you have to do whatever you can to get get some value for him. But they have, still have a game to play. Like that's so ridiculous <laughs> that we're talking about them. Their offseason moves. And writers don't do this just to create material unless they 
feel it's like legit. Like if they feel that like LeBron was when he was choosing his decision this past summer, and some writers said no, he's done because of Pat Riley did X Y Z. You know, they'd write about that stuff maybe to get some ratings, but because they have the insight on it, and I think. I think it sucks that uh, Portland has to go through it. They've been a cursed franchise for a while. Yeah. Greg Oden, Brandon Roy, uh, freaking Sam, Sammy Walker, all those players back then. But, yeah, I, I picked the Grizzlies to finish in the sweep. It'll be fun to see Grizzlies Warriors. We'll see. Uh, thoughts, Bucks, Bulls predictions tonight? It's going to be at Chicago Game 5. Uh, I say Bulls. I've always loved the Bulls. And, yeah, this year they – they got a solid team, so I'd, and, I'd say Bulls. And quick, last last thing, uh, Hawks, Nets, who do you got tonight? Nets, baby. Nets, <laughs> all right, awesome, cool. Tyson, thank you so much. Uh, I wanted to give you a chance to talk about your uh, your uh, greats, which I have yet to read. I've only read the answer. Uh, your, your book, which I'm going to buy. So how did you come up with this process, and what's the status of uh, this project you're working on right now? Yeah, so this book, I, you know, as I said before, I played professionally basketball overseas, yeah. and you know, I, I would tell people about it, and they would say, "Oh, really? Oh, that's so cool!" Like their eyes would light up completely, and yeah. they tell my me eyes, more. My eyes are wide open right now. Yeah, you know, like anybody. One I of them squinting a little bit. But yeah, <laughs> you know, anybody I told, oh, what, what, what did you do last year? Oh, I played professionally. Really? Where? So I'm like, instead of going into a ten minute description of what it was like and all that stuff. Like, why don't I just write it down? You know, why don't I just write it? So, yeah, I started writing like about six months ago, and I finally put together this book about all my experiences playing professional basketball. And then, also, and how long was the story career? Oh, uh, it was like about two years. Two years, okay. yeah. I played two years overseas in okay. Europe and South America. And, you know, I talk about everything it took to get up to that point, too. Yeah. You know, started yeah, yeah. playing basketball in fourth grade, what I had to deal with in high school, I ha- how I got to get a scholarship at college. And you know, and what did you play at college again? I played at Maine University Maine, okay. and at Rowan. Yeah, that's a way to go, New group. England. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Maine. I'm from Connecticut, so that's why. All right, awesome. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, that was. It's a real, real descriptive journey of what it was like and how I got there. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you can check it out. The website is called HoopDreamsFulfilled.com. So okay. it's a little play on the whole hoop dreams type thing. So, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's called Hoop Dreams Fulfilled. Well, yeah, we'll definitely check that out. I'll uh, retweet it out on our Twitter, uh, at Brooklyn Rebound. Put it out on the Facebook page. Uh, like us on Facebook, at Brooklyn Rebound. Also, uh, on iTunes. And if you have any questions or comments, I'll put uh, uh, Tyson's information on there from the website. Everything's on your website anyways, right? You can contact you. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us. This is so awesome uh, that you came by. I mean, honestly, I think I probably booked the best guest to replace an actual baller as opposed to Drew, who's a pretend baller. I mean, because he's not balling right now. He's playing. He's just being playing dead, I think. Not yeah. playing ball or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I appreciate, you know, letting me be on this, you know, I really appreciate it. I love the show. I love the podcast. All right, man. Yeah, thanks for joining us, sir. And, All right. uh uh, we'll see you around. We'll definitely have you on another time. Brooklyn, uh, that'll do it for this episode. Uh, let's, let's focus tonight, guys. Let's get this win. Brooklyn, let's show up at the arena and make some noise because people have been shitting all over our home crowd just because we're a transplant city. That, no one else understands that. We have the most residents in New York, uh, of New York City from all parts of the world. So it's hard to build a home base of a, of a brand new team that's three years young, right? So... Let's go Nets. Uh, Good day, Brooklyn. Good day, not Brooklyn. And let's do it. Let's tie up the series. Let's go Nets.
Freedom. 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 Freedom.